Good morning, family. How are you? It's good to see. Thank you. Happy Father's Day to, um, well, not everyone, but <laughs> those, those for which it's appropriate. Happy Father's Day today. Um, I'm grateful to be here. Yeah, it would not be, you know, it kind of would not be conduit style without, of course, us having the first tent service of the year on one of the colder days. And we thought, you know, what would make this cold day even better than dunking people in a big pool of cold water and at the same time, let's offer iced coffee. So, and ice cream floats, right. So it couldn't be like 85 like it was on Wednesday. It had to be like this. But um, we do not make the plans around here, right? We just trust that the Holy Spirit knows what he's doing and... Um, and seek to be faithful to him. And so I don't, it would not matter to me if it was 30 degrees out, if there were people who were ready to make the public proclamation that they have chosen to follow Jesus. I would fill that tub up and we would break the ice on the top of it if we had to, and we would get it done, right? Uh, because if there is one thing that God has called us to be and do as a church, it's to be a, to be a church and to be a people who honors who honors others' desire to follow Jesus and then encourages them in that walk. And so that is our, that is our hope, that is our desire. Um, far, from, far from being a perfect church or a perfect place or a perfect people, we are a people who just seek to be faithful, faithful to, who, uh, to whom God has called us to be. And so if you're visiting with us here this morning or if you're new to Conduit, we hope you know that, that this is a place where um, there's, there's going to be no pretension of us being perfect. Um, certainly, I am the prime example of that, uh, but our hope is that you will find a place where you feel um, comfortable, uh, open, and safe to walk with Jesus in whatever, um, in whatever manner or place on the timeline of your relationship you find yourself with Jesus. Uh, you are welcome here. Uh, you are safe here. And we, um, we, we, honor, we honor your presence here today. So thank you. Um, we're in a, uh, we just got done with a little mini series in the Gospel of John. And next week, we're going to be starting a series in uh, the Minor Prophets. Now, I don't know if you know what the Minor Prophets are. If you don't, my hope is, is that in the next eight weeks or so, you will know what the minor prophets are. But um, the prophetic books, right, of the Old Testament are those kind of section of books that sometimes we, I don't know, I know that there's been seasons in my life where I've kind of ignored the things that happen between Proverbs and Matthew in my Bible, right? So if there's anything, any words going on between the book of Proverbs and between the Gospel of Matthew, it's just kind of like a well, they're there, but I'm not sure they have a whole lot of purpose for my walk with Jesus. So we'll just leave those for another time. Well, we're going to be taking an opportunity um, to explore some of those books and some of the themes there and some of the ways in which God um, speaks to his people uh, through, uh, through the prophets. And so we hope that you'll join us for that. But today uh, we're going to talk a little bit about baptism. Um, obviously, it's it would be it would be appropriate for us to do that today, um, and uh, because there you know a lot of us come from different faith traditions, um, some of us come from no faith tradition at all, and so you may you may hear about baptism or see baptism um, and wonder like why, <laughs> what's the point, what does it mean, what does it signify and symbolize. What does it mean for me? And um, what my prayer has been is that, uh, you know, we have, we have a bunch of people who have indicated already that they, that they intend to be baptized this morning. Um, we've talked to families and individuals and we're excited, about, uh, we're excited about that reality. But I'm also praying that, you know, the Holy Spirit of God may move on some of your hearts, that if you have not, uh, if you have not yet stepped forward to make a kind of public profession of a desire to follow Jesus Christ, and when you would like to be baptized this morning, um, that the waters of baptism are open for you as well. 
And um, uh, we're, I'm going to talk a little bit about why, why I believe making that invitation in the moment and having you jump in the water uh, with us is, is perfectly appropriate and, and God-honoring. Okay, so first of all, what what is baptism? If we were to give like a general definition or understanding of baptism of the water itself, we would say that baptism is a symbol or a a sign, an external symbol or a sign of something that is happening internally and inwardly in us by God. All right. Sometimes we um, talk about how baptism itself or the act of baptism is a lot like uh, those of us who are married when we when we put on a we put on a wedding ring. Right. And I had the honor of doing two two weddings this weekend. It was a busy weekend. And I tell all the couples in their premarital counseling and then even at the wedding ceremonies itself that uh, I say something to the effect of um, these these rings are an outward and visible sign of an inward and spiritual commitment uniting those who wear them with one another and in covenant with God. They stand as, as external symbols, right, for inward commitments that I would make to my wife or that my wife would make to me. And then she gives me a ring as an external sign of something that she has committed in her heart to fulfill, right? But it is not the commitment or the covenant itself, okay? So if I were to, for instance, I can't because I was skinnier when I put this on 18 years ago. Um, (laughs) But if I were to take this off right now, right, and put it on the table, I I would not cease to be married to her. Right? The commitment and the covenant that I made before God and to her is not encapsulated fully in the wearing of the ring or the thing that signifies it. It is simply the thing that says to the world and reminds me right, that I have made a commitment. I have made a covenant to my wife. I have made this commitment and covenant to and before the Lord and before the people that were there, the community that was there to witness the vows that we take and to see us exchange those rings and to celebrate with us that covenant that was made. And so if I were to remove the ring, it doesn't mean that I am married or that I'm not married any more than if we never exchanged rings, would it mean that the covenant did not take, right? Or the commitment that did not take. It is an external sign of something that we have committed inwardly. It is a moment. So, so baptism stands kind of in the same, it kind of stands in the same type of environment for a person's relationship or their, you can use all kinds of different language to describe it, their relationship with Jesus Christ, their journey with Jesus Christ, the, their, their walking with Jesus, the pathway of following Jesus by faith, baptism becomes the external sign, the moment where someone publicly articulates the inward commitment and decision to follow Jesus, to repent of their sins, to put their faith and trust in him, both for their eternal salvation and for the abundant life that we live right now. Okay, And so the people that get into the water today right, are standing before their, their Christian community, their faith community, community and saying, I, I am going on record today to proclaim in a public way that my desire is to follow Jesus, that I am, I am putting my faith and my hope and my trust in Jesus Christ himself in the saving work of Jesus on the cross, in the resurrected life and body of Jesus that is dwelling in me by faith through the Holy Spirit, and I intend to walk with Him in my life. And so we kind of have this, we kind of have this like, I want to say it's like a dual sense of importance, 
but also keeping what we're doing in perspective, right? Because symbols are never as important as the things that they represent, right? So like, for instance, my wedding ring is not, this piece of stainless steel is not as important as the covenant that it actually represents. The water of baptism is actually, what's physically in here right now, is not as important as the commit, the inward commitment that it represents for the people that will enter the water. But that also doesn't mean that symbols are unimportant. It doesn't mean that they should be just like poo-pooed all the time, right? They are, they, re, they remain, they remain important because they draw us back into memory, right? What, what it actually is that we're saying and what we're communicating. And this is the way that scripture speaks about baptism. It speaks about it as like a, hey, um, when you enter the waters of baptism, you are symbolically uniting yourself with the death of Jesus Christ. And so when you come up out of the water, you are symbolically uniting yourself with the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the life of the spirit that is within him. We're going to look at a passage of scripture this morning, or a few passages of scripture. Um, the first is Romans chapter six. And we don't have it up on the screen for you, right? So this is one of those, this is one of those moments that I've been encouraging and telling you about on the last couple of months, right? Is how important it is to own your own copy of the scripture and then bring that with you and to interact with it as we're preaching. And um, as I've told you before, and I will say it again, if you don't have your own personal copy of the Bible, then I want you to go and like plunder the Bibles that are in the pews on the inside, right? Like take one for yourself. They are there for you. Keep them, write your name in the cover, bring it with you, underline it, star it, make notes in the margin, right? We want you to be able to see um, that the word of God is accessible to you and that the Holy Spirit will communicate the truth of God's word to you. So we got some Bibles coming out here. If you would like one, just go ahead and raise your hand and Jill will pass one out to you. But we're in Romans chapter six, where Paul is going to speak um, about being dead to our sin, but alive in Jesus Christ. And he communicates here that, um, that both our, both death and resurrection is available to us in the waters of baptism, right? He says this in Romans chapter six, starting at verse one, he says, what shall we say then? Shall Shall we go on sinning so that grace may increase? And by no means. We, you and I, we, we have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? And then he says this. He, he uses, he reminds them about their own baptism and communicates the kind of, I guess, the theology or belief about baptism as it pertains to our unity with Jesus Christ. Don't you know that all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus, so you've been baptized, right? I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit under the water back up, right? Don't you know that you who have been baptized with Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may have a new life. If we have been united with him like this in his death, we will certainly also be united with him in his resurrection. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been freed from sin. Now if we died with Christ, we believe that we will also live with him. 
For we know that since Christ was raised from the dead, he cannot die again. Death no longer has mastery over him. The death he died, he died to sin once for all. But the life he lives, he lives to God. And so what Paul is describing here is he's he's calling the, the Roman Christians there to remember the moment of baptism and to also to also recall the kind of like the the physical posture and presence of Jesus as he as he as he died for the forgiveness of our sins as he was raised again to new life through the power of the holy spirit and he says it is so just like Jesus died and was raised again your your baptism is a sign and a symbol signifying the same type of death to sin that Jesus experienced, right? And the resurrection to new life that Jesus experienced. And so when we bring people into the water, right? We, um, we stand around them and we say, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And we symbolically, but also actually, right? We lay them back into the water as if or in unity with, in the same manner as which Christ's dead body, after he was taken on, uh, taken down from the cross, was laid in the tomb. Kind of like this significant symbolizing moment of our sin being put to death. Our sin is being put to death and we stay under the water. Now we'll only hold people under the water for a couple seconds, right? <laughs> it's not three days. All right. But as we lay them down under the water, right? It is like their old self, the, the self of sin, the life of sin, the heart of darkness, the life of hopelessness, the life that is so far separated from the grace of God has been put to death by faith in Jesus. And then that person comes up out of the water, uniting uniting them in a symbolic way, in the same way that we imagine the stone was rolled away from the mouth of the tomb and with glorious light, Jesus came bursting forth in resurrection life through the power of the Holy Spirit. And so when they come up out of the water, they come up into new life. Life where they have just said, the old me, my sinful life has been put into the grave and now I'm being resurrected to life in Jesus. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death. Just as Christ, so just, so just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. And so Paul, um, Paul, Paul speaks of the like the the water of baptism as us as us uniting ourselves with Jesus Christ in both His death and His resurrection. Paul says elsewhere uh, in another letter to a church that he planted, the, the church in Corinth, and this is his second letter to them in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. I'm sure uh, some of you are familiar with it. He, he says that in Jesus Christ, right? Let me flip over there. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, they have they have taken on faith. They believe by faith in Jesus Christ, right? They they are committed to walk with Him. If anyone was, and if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation. The old has gone, right? We place the old into the grave of sin with Jesus, and the new has come, and resurrected life is coming there. Now, interestingly, not interestingly enough, but Paul does not just leave it there in uh, the Romans passage, but also he begins to describe what the new life in Jesus looks like, right? Because 
always, right, our, our hope and our prayer and our encouragement is that, is that the water of baptism would not stand as the totality or the end of a person's walk with Jesus. In fact, we're more likely to say that in its most appropriate way, that baptism is the beginning of someone's life and walk with Jesus, right? And then from that new resurrected life, now they walk in trust of Jesus, asking the Holy Spirit to um, to make holy in them everything that has been hopeless and dark within them. And Paul Paul communicates that um, in the rest of Romans chapter six, starting in verse eleven. After he's talking about being united with Jesus. Um, uh, through our baptism. In the same way, he says, verse 11, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body so that you obey its evil desires. Do not offer the parts of your body to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves now to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as an instrument as instruments of righteousness for sin shall no longer be your master because you know you are no longer under the law but now you are under grace and so that so that baptism and the resurrected life that baptism represents becomes this holy moment of beginning where my my life my life changes i am no longer i am no longer chained in slavery to sin but i have been freed to live my life as an instrument of righteousness to jesus christ through the holy spirit for the rest of my life and so often we we think, I think, incorrectly about baptism that, well, um, you know, we, we will ask questions like, you know, when, when, is, when should I decide to get baptized? When, when should I be baptized? Um, and I'll be honest with you, I've been, I've been a Christian long enough, I've been a pastor long enough, I've read enough to know that if you ask 50 people the question about, hey, when should I be baptized? You're going to get at least, you can get 30 different answers, right? And, um, and different faith traditions will have maybe different, I guess you call them requirements or processes for what, what is required for a person to be baptized. And I'm not, I'm not here to talk about any other faith tradition. I'm not here to... to um, um, to throw shade on anything other than what I what I feel the Holy Spirit calling us here at Conduit to be about, and what I personally see in the Scripture, right? Um, but what I personally see in the Scripture, and I think what the Holy Spirit witnesses to my own spirit is that baptism is available and appropriate anytime, anytime after the moment or decision that a person makes to follow Jesus. It is appropriate and available at any moment, at any time, after the person has been has made the decision to follow Jesus. I think this is what we see, this is what we see in the New Testament. We see we see instances, uh, maybe one of the more famous is in Acts chapter 8 with um, the uh, a guy named the, the Ethiopian eunuch, right? Who is riding along, right? And, and Philip, one of the disciples, hears him reading about the old, reading the Old Testament prophets. And, and Philip runs up to the side of the carriages like, hey, 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 do you know who you're reading about? Do you know who the prophets are testifying to? And, and the eunuch is like, uh, how am I going to know unless someone tells me? And Philip is like, let me tell you, like all of human history, 
all of the law, all of the prophets, all, all of history has been leading up to this one moment where, the, where Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Messiah and Savior of the world, is revealed and is, and is incarnated and, and has come and he has given his life in sacrifice for yours and he offers forgiveness of sins so that you may have life eternally with him but also in abundance right now. And, and Philip's like, hey, do you, do you want to believe and follow Jesus? And, and, and the eunuch is like, heck yes, I want to. In fact, right, there's some water right there. Let's go. Why, why shouldn't I be baptized right now? The eunuch says. And Philip's like, the, Philip, the guy who was like buddy-buddy with Jesus, all right, pretty close to the source, all right, was like, absolutely. Gets down out of the, gets down out of the wagon, into the water, puts them under the water, brings them back up, baptized in that very moment, right? It wasn't after, Philip wasn't like, you know, okay, so here's the requirement for baptism. I need you to express faith in Jesus Christ. And then you and I, we're going to sit down over the course of six to eight weeks. We're going to go through a basic course of theology. I'm going to need you to understand all of these very important points and precepts and ideas. You're going to take a little theology test at the end of it. If you score 75% or better, it'll be all right. Then I'm going to need you to commit to being a part of a small group. And after you've done that for about six months or so, we'll talk about the probationary process for you to get in the water with us, okay? As if somehow we are the gate or the door to faith in Jesus Christ. As if somehow we manage the, the like the the reality of someone's desire to follow him by faith, right? Because we see faith in Jesus Christ sort of as this long timeline where there's some people who don't get it at all, right? And there's some of us who really get it. And we really believe. And we really know. And, and the things of the church, like communion and baptism and stuff like that therefore the people that really know that really got it like got it all figured out up up here right well i mean you don't need to read very far in the gospels right to see that the people that jesus was most i want to say rude with but forward with and harsh with were those who understood that they like the theology was absolutely pinpoint perfect all the way up until the point of absolutely draining the life of the Holy Spirit out of their relationship with God so that they just walked along believing a bunch of points but not indwelt with the power of the Holy Spirit at all. And that's not what we want to be. That's not who we want to be. And that's not what we're about. In fact, if you... Look at um, another person who was baptized in the New Testament. Um, pretty important guy. Uh, his name was the Apostle Paul. Paul wrote roughly two-thirds of our New Testament, right? And there was a moment where he was baptized into faith in Jesus Christ. In Acts chapter 22, Paul recounts, he retells the story of what happened when he came to faith in Jesus. And he essentially says this. He says to the leaders of the church in Jerusalem, he says, look, I was walking along, just doing my own thing. I was on a mission from the leaders of Jerusalem. And I was there with letters of commendation to find followers of the way find followers of Jesus and um, and we were going to throw them in jail and we were going to prosecute them under, under Jewish law and I was the person that was in charge of and was going to do that and I was as passionate about that job as anyone has ever been and then on my way to Damascus, right? You know the story. On my way to Damascus, boom, right? The Holy Spirit, Jesus, the resurrected Son of God, shows up in an extraordinarily glorious way and literally blinds the Apostle Paul 
with his glory. And the Apostle Paul, in that moment, right? In that moment says, um, my whole life has been a lie. And now, upon seeing the glory of Jesus Christ and hearing him call me by name, uh, yes, I believe, I express faith in Jesus. And I know he is real. And now I am completely 180 degrees. I am changing course and I am following him. He says this. Then a man named Ananias came to see me. He was a devout observer of the law and highly respected by all Jews living there. And he stood behind me and said, Brother Saul, receive your sight again. And at that very moment, I was able to see him. Then he said, the God of our fathers has chosen you to know his will and to see the righteous one and to hear words from his mouth. You will be his witness to all men and women of what you have seen and what you have heard. And so now what are you waiting for? Get up and be baptized. Wash away your sins and call on the name of Jesus. And so we have in a moment where the greatest persecutor of the Christian church became the greatest advocate for the planting and and like growth of the Christian church and the preaching of the message of the gospel of Jesus Christ and baptism was made available to him like, I mean, we're talking days after he was on his way to literally kill Christians. There was no like a, well, once you grow a little bit in your faith, Paul, maybe once we're a little bit more confident that you're like, that you actually are following Jesus and not just like pretending to follow Jesus because the moment seems right. They did not see themselves at all as, as, as kind of bouncers for the kingdom of God, right? Where we're going to stand at the gates to make sure that if you're going to get in the baptismal water, that you really mean it because it's our responsibility to determine where in the trajectory of faith you stand and we'll make the determinations not you we'll we'll make the de- we'll make the decisions not the holy spirit moving upon your own heart and your own life that is not what we see in the new testament at all we see an open invitation to the waters of baptism as a public proclamation that today, today is the day that I decide to follow Jesus. Today is the moment where the rest of my life begins. Today is the moment where I say I have united myself with Jesus in his death so that the life of sin in me may be put to death so that I can unite myself with Jesus in his resurrected life so that the same power of resurrection that was in Jesus could be in me through faith in the Holy Spirit. There's one more kind of important point that I I think is, is valuable for us to make and to talk about when we're talking about baptism. Um... Because it's one of those things that we want to be really clear on is that baptism is not, um, I'm going to use kind of a, it's not a big word. Baptism is not salvific. Okay? Meaning that the, the act of baptism itself does not save a person from their sins. The act of baptism itself does not somehow magically or spiritually or heavenly or mysteriously wash away sin, right? There is nothing, hear me, there is nothing special about the type of water that we... 
This came out of the hose this morning, okay? Came out of the hose. This is Jamestown City water. I used turkey fryers to heat up some water so it wasn't ice cold, all right? All right. It's water. It's water. The water does not save us any more than the lack of water or the lack of baptism condemns you. Water doesn't save you, and the lack of water doesn't condemn you. What we believe, right, is that the, there is only one thing that saves you. That is faith in Jesus Christ. That is, the, that is the work of Jesus Christ on the cross. That is the resurrected life of Jesus living within you, right? And so I want to be, be clear to make that distinction, right? If you're sitting there and you'd be like, I think I'm going to die tomorrow, but I've never been baptized before. I am in a lot of trouble, right? Not true. Not what we see in the New Testament, not what we, not what we see in Scripture, not even what we believe about the, about the heart of God, right? Baptism does not save us any more than the lack of baptism condemns us. It is a symbol, and symbols are important, but we must set firmly in our minds that the only way that I am saved is through faith in Jesus Christ. And that getting in the water signifies, symbolizes, and proclaims that I have faith in the one that saves. Not that I'm going in to get saved, but I am already already expressing faith in the one that saves. Only union with Jesus secures us for eternal life. In the same way that the lack of baptism or the lack of water certainly does not condemn us to damnation or punishment or God being angry with us or somehow us missing the mark in some way, shape, or form. But I also, like everything is balanced, right? We're, we're, everything's on a spectrum. We got to find, stay, try and stay away from the extremes, right? Try and find the Holy Spirit middle and understand that at the same time, the the New Testament scripture, right, really doesn't have kind of a category for, for people who are following Jesus Christ but who have not been baptized. It, it seems to be in the history of the Christian church, in all of the New Testament accounts, that the natural progression of a person who has expressed faith in Jesus Christ would make the proclamation of that faith through the symbol and act of baptism in front of the community of faith. Because it becomes the public proclamation for the inward commitment so that the, so that the community of faith may recognize, encourage, pray for, celebrate, and walk with that person as they, as they grow with and as they walk with Jesus from whatever starting point they were at till Jesus comes and takes them home, okay? And so, um, and so you know, like, we'll be, we'll be baptizing all kinds of different people today. We'll be baptizing people who are young and are saying, yes, this is my, this is, this is the first time where I'm, I'm kind of publicly declaring by my own volition that I desire to follow Jesus, to put my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. And I want my faith community to know that. And there are maybe some others who have said, well, you know, I'm an adult and I've been following Jesus for a little while now. But I, I haven't taken the step to kind of publicly proclaim that to my, to my faith community, my those who walk alongside of me in my walk with Jesus. And so like, hey, if that's what we do as, as followers of Jesus, then that's what I want to do today. And so we're going to be welcoming those people this morning. And maybe you are sitting here and you're saying, maybe for the first time ever, I desire or I, I want to follow Jesus. 
And I don't know what that means. And I don't know how that's going to go. But, but I want to but, but I want to say I, I follow Jesus and I want to ask this community of people to, to help me follow Jesus, to walk with me, to hold my hand, to put their arm around me, to, to tell me, to, to pray for me and encourage me and, and help disciple me into the faith. And if that is, if that is you, if you're here this morning and you didn't, you didn't know we were baptizing people today or you didn't come to be baptized but you are, you are hearing and sensing the call of the Holy Spirit upon your life this morning to make that public pro- proclamation, I want to say that the waters of baptism are open to you as well. And, and don't, don't let, well, I don't, have any, I don't have any clothes. I don't have any change of clothes. Listen, long before the Holy Spirit was moving on your heart, the Holy Spirit was moving on our heart, and we have clothes for you, okay? <laughs> we have shirts, and we have shorts, and we have towels, all right? And so there need be no restriction or no obstacle on you making that profession of faith this morning. If that is something that you want to do, we want to do it with you. We want to walk with you, and we'll give you the opportunity to do that, okay? Um, So here's what's going to happen. In a few moments, the worship team is going to come back up, all right, we're um, we're gonna go back into we're gonna go back into worship, and um, I think we have like three songs or so. Those of you who have been, uh, those of you who ha- kind of pre-planned to get baptized this morning, all right? If you uh, if you are changing your clothes before you get in, you can go change your clothes in one of the bathrooms, and then come back out and just congregate kind of over here around um, around the baptismal pool. Right. If you are with us this morning and you did not plan on being baptized this morning, but you are hearing the Holy Spirit of God call you to a place of faith and proclamation of your faith in him, then um, what I want you to do is go see. um, There was a person standing there at the front door. Right. I will stand at the front door. I will stand at the front door. One of my staff will stand at the front door and we'll make sure that you have um, a t-shirt and a pair of shorts that you can go change in, right? And then come back out and join us. We're going to be bringing people into the water kind of one by one. Um, you know, in some, it, sometimes, you know, we have, I don't always do all the baptizing. Like I said, there's, there's nothing, like I don't, I don't need to baptize you for it to take. Okay, it's going to take just fine all on its own because it's the Holy Spirit that does the work, right? I'm just the muscle, okay? Can you tell? Um, uh, but um, sometimes we have, we have um, kids who are baptized by their parents, which I think is like the freaking greatest thing since sliced bread, and I'm going to baptize my oldest son this morning. Um, and... Um, and then we have we have some other parents getting in with us. And we have like we have got a teenager. We've got a we got a grown man. It's a great day, all right. And listen, listen for us. This is like if there's anything ever to celebrate. This is what we celebrate. Okay, this is what we celebrate. And so it's not a quiet moment. It's a holy moment, but it's it's not a quiet one. All right. It is a moment of celebration. It is a moment of recognition of what God is doing in people's hearts and people's lives. And so if you're on the outskirts of the tent, right, I encourage you to, to press up in and get close around the baptismal here. If you're family or friends of people being baptized, don't be shy. Get right up close, okay? We want you to be a part of um, everything that is happening, okay? Let me pray for us. And then we'll go into, and the worship team can come back up, and then we'll go into this next. Uh... Yes, I'm sorry. Thank you so much. Thank you. If you have kids in Conduit Kids right now, we have several kids being baptized today. Okay? That's, that's their community of faith. Okay? That's their, that's their church. I would like you if, you, have, if you have kids in Conduit Kids, to use this time where we're um, going to be worshiping to please go and get, go and get your kids. 
and bring them back out here so that, so that they can see their peers proclaiming their own faith in Jesus Christ, right? This is a whole community event. Thank you for that reminder. So go get your kids. Um, go get dressed. Come see me if you need a change of clothes. And let's do this thing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit, which calls us into faith. Lord, we ask that you would um, witness, witness to and affirm by your Spirit uh, to our spirits the tremendous love that you have for us. Lord, and that maybe where we've been expressing fear, Lord, that you would replace our fear with uh, Holy Spirit confidence, with peace. Lord, where we where where we have been where we have been um, experiencing doubt, Lord, that you would give us your the the affirmation of your presence with us. Lord, when we have been afraid, Lord, your comfort. Father, we thank you for a moment, for many moments. As a community, Lord, maybe those of us who have been baptized to reflect and remember our own baptism. The time where the time where we stepped forward to proclaim faith in Jesus Christ to our communities. Lord, let us recall putting putting our life of sin to death. Let us remember that the Holy Spirit of God lives in us and has resurrected us to new life. Lord, we repent of our sin. We turn to you in faith. Lord, give us new life. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs> All right. This is Noah. Hi, Noah. <laughs> Noah, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit.
Come for these people in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Amen